0: Coming up in this episode of Not So Secret Dad's Business.
1: You don't have to come to me and tell me your life story and all of a sudden change your way. It's just about knowing that there are tools out there to help you. You know, if you want to go it alone, you can go it alone, but have to at least have the tools, at least have the right tools, you know, at least learn the techniques.
0: Are you new to fatherhood? Not sure if you're dating to your full potential? Well, you've come to the right place. Most dads aren't talking to each other about their lives as dads. Like it's some kind of secret. Well, this is the podcast that takes the secret out of fatherhood. This is Not So Secret Dad's Business. G'day, g'day, and welcome to another episode of Not So Secret Dad's Business, everyone. Thanks for your patience this last couple of weeks. I haven't put out a recent episode, but, uh, you know, things happen, right? A couple of weeks ago, I had my first wedding anniversary. And so uh, I decided to release an encore episode with Sarah and Nippy, talking about how they got out of the Nexium cult and blew the whistle there. And then last week, among technical issues, I was still recovering from a cold as well. So I decided to take the week off and, and just recuperate. So anyway, this week I have a dad from the UK and his name is Steve Smith. Steve is a dad's coach in the UK and we had an awesome conversation about breaking free from limiting beliefs and taking control of our lives. So in this episode, Steve and I delve into the topic of control and the importance of breaking free from limiting beliefs and this is something I really struggle with. Now, this episode is a little bit of an older one, again, out of the archives from a bunch of recordings I did last year. So uh, in this episode, you'll hear that Steve had to step back from work because of injuries and, and whatnot. But I recently spoke to Steve and he gave me the great news that he's back at full health and back at work, which is always a good thing to hear. I know for a lot of dads that a lot of their identity and self-esteem can be tied up in their jobs and what they can do as a provider, how they can provide for their families. So I think it's awesome that Steve's now back at work and uh, continuing on with what he loves to do. So anyway, without further ado, I present you my conversation with Steve Smith. are you mate thanks so much for coming on the show today
1: cheers mate thanks for having me I'm, I'm
0: excited well look you reached out to me steve because you have have quite an interesting story you want to share so yep. just to kick us off give us a little bit of your background and what you're all about mate
1: yeah so my name's steve i live in the uk and i'm 46 i've had you know a similar life to most people lots of ups and downs and it just makes you stronger, kind of. I'm that kind of guy, yeah. But uh, everything was rosy. Everything was good. My partner was, wasn't the greatest the last couple of years, it meant since she had uh, our, our son. But I was strong. I had a really, really good job. I was in the lift industry for 16 years, and everything was fine, you know. we We had a beautiful house, we had everything. And then, all of a sudden, I started to get a little bit ill last year. And... All of a sudden, I couldn't do my job. I was losing strength, and you know, I was the breadwinner. You know, I, I was the dad. I was, I was the strong one. I had to be strong mentally. I had to be strong physically. I had to be a role model for for my son. But inside, I was ill. I was, I was struggling mentally. I was struggling physically because I didn't know what was wrong. I was losing my balance. I was losing memory, like. Like silly things, like forgetting, like literally, I'd have a pen in my hand and I was looking for a pen, or I'm looking for my glasses and I've actually got them on. You know, I'm I'm actually not realise I can see. But this was, and and this was, there was something really wrong. So you know, I did all the things. I went to the doctors, and then they were still doing tests. And then I walked into work one day and I collapsed. I literally fell through a, a wooden table, in front of everybody, dislocated my shoulder. I was out for the count. Nobody knew what was happening. And bearing in mind, I, I worked in lift shafts, so, you know, some high rises, you know, so there was a massive risk to me, to the company and everything. And it, everything went just downhill. And I, inst- I was being fobbed off every five minutes by the, by the GPs here. And it was during COVID. So everything was that excuse, wasn't it? You know, yeah. it affected everybody and you know and 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 i look back on it and 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 i look back on it as a okay it was tough but you know people were losing their lives people were losing family people weren't seeing family you know i know i know people who live in australia you know they 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 didn't see family in the uk well, they they still haven't you know because of the because of the laws and all the laws are quite still strict in, in australia so mm. you know it, it it was a tough time for everyone. So I don't look back on it. Oh, poor me. But when you're in the middle of something, you know what it's like, you know, when when you're in the middle of something, you can't see the wood for the trees, you know? And it was really, really tough. And I just insist, I knew there was something wrong. I just knew there was something wrong. And it was strange because I went to the doctor about five or six times. And I'm not saying, you know, it was his fault, but he just wouldn't give me an MRI. There was some reason. And I just, And I think it was the fifth time I went, and it was a different doctor. It was a young guy. And he looked at me and he said, excuse me, I'm a bit confused. He said, where are your MRI results? I can't find them on the system. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, you've had an MRI, right? And I went, no. He said, well, everything you've been telling me here, you should have had an MRI by now. And he got me straight on the thing. I got in the hospital a couple of weeks later, I had an MRI and they found a brain tumour. They found a brain tumor right near my cerebellum, which obviously affects motor skills and everything. And my, well, it all fell out, you know, <laughs> without being too crude, Every my world dropped. Mm. Uh, and I was, I was in, the, in a bad way. And whether it's the universe or whatever, the same day, a friend reached out to me and he didn't have a clue what was going on. And he reached out to me and sent me a meditation. And I I did this meditation and all of a sudden I realized that actually I could actually do something about this and I could actually control this. So instead of it was the most surreal thing, you know, I, I went through the emotions of not even knowing whether it was cancerous. I didn't know if I was going to die. I didn't know anything to all of a sudden having this. Hang on. I can connect to the universe at a higher level here. So I did that. And then I started to get stronger and stronger mentally, mindset wise and and it dawned on me that I couldn't do my job for much longer, really, because it's it's a fit it was a physical job, I had to be you know on my toes, high risk really. so I decided, well, what can I do? you know I'm learning the skill here and the strength that I probably knew I had, but it's not until your back's up against the wall where you're actually you actually, you know, you'll have many, many listeners who hopefully this is why I wanted to tell my story because hopefully they either they're at this point where where their back is against the wall or or they can relate to it because they've been through a similar thing. And I found I just found this in a I found something inside me that was like, not like this. You, you you're not going out like this. Mm-hmm. And so I became, I started to learn how to become a coach. I started to learn how to help people through similar situations. I started as a pain management coach, but I was still working in the lift industry. And then I got laid off from a job Mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, so what now? You know, do I go back into an industry? Do I get a nine to five job? I could get I could get a well-paid job. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm highly skilled engineer, but what comes with that is, Stress mm. is, you know, the more the more money you earn, you you know what it's like. Mate, the more money you earn, the more stress you get. It's that's right. As that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I I said, well, well, I've got this motto at the moment that I use in and in, in my coaching is something has to give. Right, if you don't have balance in your life, you have to sacrifice something. Mm-hmm. Whether it's your family, whether it's your career, or whether it's your health, something will sacrifice. And I and I and I. And I I noticed that I saw that and then so I created the dad's coach and I started doing a little bit locally I started then getting some clients online through Facebook and stuff and I thought wow I could do this as a you know this I could do this as a career because it was the authenticity it was it was like they were seeing I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia as well at the same time which is which is a horrible condition.
0: Yeah, I have, I have a friend with fibromyalgia, and I mean, yeah. the poor woman, she goes through hell and back every day. Yeah. So I do not. Envy yeah. So every, every
1: every no every single day I'm fighting the battle of of this, but I've never been so positive in my life. You're like I, I'm 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 creating, hopefully creating a legacy for my son. I'm creating something, you know, a bit like yourselves bit of a go-to space for for dads because let's face it, there isn't there's nothing in the UK for dads. I don't know what it's like in, in Australia. Obviously, you know, you guys have started this for a reason mm. because there's a gap. You know that there, there, there's a massive gap, and we're still the UK is still a long way. Like I, I deal with a lot of guys in in America because I, I find that they're a little bit more open to they're a bit more more kind of advanced in the asking for help. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that's a societal thing, it probably is. The UK was still very, very close. You know, we're still part of this man up brigade. You know, oh, you just get on with it, you just crack on with it, and we. It kind of hit home recently. Uh, what, like, why I'm doing it? What, what I'm doing? A friend of mine, his son. We were due to go out. Well, we were out for some beers, and his son was supposed to join us. He was 22. My friend Neil couldn't get hold of him, went around his house the following morning and found him hung. And he had two young children, very, very young children. And and I just thought, you know, that we've created this. Like the society has created this, you know. And and I just want to get my story across that even if you're low, you know, it, it's okay to reach out. It's mm-hmm you don't have you don't have you don't have to you don't have to come to me and tell me your life story and all of a sudden change your way it's just about knowing that there there are tools out there to help you there are you know if you want to go it alone you can go it alone but have to at least have the tools at least have the right tools you know at least learn the techniques of people like myself and you know experience of many people that you probably have on the show you know like you don't have to people think that reaching out is being soft, Mm. you know, again, it's a societal thing, you know, again, it's, especially in the UK, like I say, I don't know what it's like in, in Australia and such, but there's a very much a, it's, it's not the done thing, you know, it's not a manly thing to, to talk about your problems. No, it's, it's
0: very much the same here. I think it is starting to relax a little bit, but of course being, a country that started as a British colony, a lot of those, what's the, word? a lot of those cultural things, societal things naturally came here. And so, you know, guys here, it's for the majority part of it, they're tough as nails guys and they just, you know, suck it up. Let's move on. We've got a job to do. Like, who cares? I'll mm. deal with that later. And I mean, yeah, again, there's like with with your friend's son, it's a a similar issue where men's suicide rates are through the roof because they're Mm. not reaching out, they're not talking, they're not just asking the questions or or even just going, hey, mate, I'm having a rough time, you know, and sitting down and having a beer and just talking, you know. And that's Mm. that is why I started this podcast because I had a lot of issues that I was trying to work through I don't have the biggest friend base and and it's funny in the last two years with this podcast I've started making friends you know and and so now I'm not so insular I'm not so isolated anymore but yeah like this podcast has sort of been like my own personal therapy because I talk to men like yourself I've spoken to psychotherapists I've spoken to porn management coaches I've spoken to so many different people and to bring it back to what you were saying it's amazing that I've learned all these tools because now I've put them all in the toolbox and when I have one of those moments okay I know what to do here I know how to how to how to cope how to manage this rather than just pushing it down and waiting for that pressure cooker to go off.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's about what 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 I've learned is is that you are you are not the mind and you're not the body, right? So so you can control these things, you know. They it, it's about acknowledging what's going on, but almost saying to almost saying to it, "Look, I'm in control, right? I can manage this. I know, you know, when I when I get my pain because you get kind of cycles of it with with fibromyalgia, really." And, and most of the time, I don't notice it anymore because I've acknowledged it, and I've said to the mind, "Listen, please remind me when my arm is, you know, when when I've lost an arm or my leg's hanging off. You please remind me then. But you don't have to keep reminding me every five minutes that I've got a chronic pain because it's not going to go away. Mm. Like it's there. So, and it's about the narrative. I, I like to change the narrative on things. I like to flip. I like to flip it, and 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 you know, and 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 be positive. But it's it. It's about for me. It's well, I'm you know I am trying to create a business, of course. But mm. for me, it's about getting the message out there. You know, I'm, I try and squash the myth about. Um, I don't know what you think about like meditation and mindfulness stuff. I don't know if you do if you do much, but like it's about squashing the myth of that. You know, meditation isn't about looking like Russell Brand and floating on a cloud, and you know, it's not. It's not. It can be. It can be and, and you know kudos to him. But yeah, it's not just about that, you know. It means that it, it the definition of meditation is to know thyself. Mm. It's just to get to know yourself and it's about being present, you know. And the most the most powerful thing we have the most powerful thing that on the planet, right, that can keep us present and that's our breath.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Fo-
1: focusing on our tuning into our breath. Because it's the most, let's face it, with, with you know, and I know it's not a science show, but, but uh, you know, the things we see aren't necessarily right then because of the speed of light and, and, and how light travels, the speed of sound, you know, how that travels. Nothing is as exact as in right now, except mm. for your breath. You know, yeah. when you've got headphones on and you're tuning into your breath and you're extending your breath, and breathing like properly, you know, in through your nose and then out through your mouth. That is the most powerful tool. You Absolutely. Know? I, yeah. I, I coach, you know, I, I I do some I do a couple of hours in a in a college for underprivileged children. Well underprivileged kind of teenagers, you know, that have been literally kicked out of school. And we did some stuff yesterday and the reaction when when I got them breathing like Instantly, like afterwards, you know. Even when they were messing around, they were just less. It was it was almost like really light hearted. It was like there was no animosity, and I, and and the guy my boss, he looked at me and just said, "Wow!" It was like like in, instantly, and I said because you can't fake it. You can't. You can't. It's your body. Like you're if you're if you if you're doing this to your body, eventually, like any addiction, right? Your body wants this. Yeah, Your body that's wants right. this feeling. It wants to be relaxed. It doesn't want to be stressed. You know, it wants to be, you know, and it will remind you, won't it? It will tell you, "Well, oh, hang on a minute. Normally, normally, you're in the car, shouting into some geezer here for cutting you up, but actually you're sat down, you have been calm. What's it? I quite like this.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's one thing I, I like about meditation as well is that meditation, like you said, isn't about, looking like a guru and and sitting there and and with the legs crossed and the you know the hands Mm. there and everything i find my my meditation is when i'm at the gym when i'm when i'm lifting or i'm on on the treadmill or something and i really find that that rhythm and i'm just i mean especially when i'm lifting i'm focusing on my breathing and i'm I'm counting the reps and that sort of thing. And that sort of really just shuts everything else off. And it's just me and that moment. Yeah. And so, like yeah. you say, it's not about having to wake up, you know, 20 minutes earlier to sit there and, and meditate or, or anything like that. It's It can be as simple as just going to the gym and focusing on your breathing while you're working out.
1: Yeah. And do you know what? I was taught a technique. Really, really strange, but it, it's brush your teeth with your opposite hand. Yeah. So you know, we you know, you know, we get up in the morning and we, it like probably can't like you you know if you brush your teeth because your your breath's minty, but you probably can't remember the the actual process or, or what you did because it's such an automated thing that we do every day, right? Yep. Try it with your opposite hand because all of a sudden you've got to concentrate, and yeah. then all of a sudden, all of a so so I said, you know. Try and break the routine, the monotonous routine of every day. You know, if if it, it, if you're in a situation where you don't necessarily like your job and you're waking up every morning and you're a bit lethargic, you know, it's important how you start your day. You know, you only need five minutes, and and I highly recommend. Are you guys, are you guys still in winter now? We've just now. We've just moved into spring. Oh, okay, nice, nice. I recommend cause at the moment it, our grass is quite damp. We're just coming out. We're, getting into autumn soon grass is quite damp but it's still quite warm it's still quite mild so i go out in the morning barefoot and just just walk on the grass you know there's something really beautiful and if you're lucky enough to have trees around you you know it just visually seeing things that are green visually you know they produce oxygen as well so it's very very good to be in that. it's it's about but five minutes you only need five minutes there's one of my mentors. I say mentor. It's a guy who I followed. A guy called Dr. Joe Dispenza. Now I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I, right. I highly recommend. I highly recommend that your listeners Google him because he's he's a he's a quantum physicist and a neuroscientist. So he's quite an intelligent fella. Single, obviously, because you <laughs> can't learn all that. You can't learn all that. And have a have No, that's um, right.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, his the way he looks at things and, and, and he talks about living in the past and stuff is very, very, I think it's it's fantastic because he talks about how the, the brain reacts and the mind reacts to past experiences and how that can actually make you live, literally live your life like you're living in a past. And mm. and and it that was one of the things that triggered something in me that, you know, if you are constantly thinking of your past and you're creating the emotion. Your body doesn't know the difference between you going through a trauma and reliving the trauma. So your future is just going to be like it's a predictable future because it's your past and it's already happened. Yep. You know. So I think it's very, very important to to be in touch with the present and be in touch with nature because let's face it, the only thing, nothing was ever created in the past or in the present in the future. It's only created now. That's right. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah so it, it it was an it's an amazing amazing thing I, I listened to him and and he was being interviewed by jay shetty who's quite fa- he's quite famous as well he's very very good and, uh, and jay shetty mentions about one of the biggest things he gets is oh i don't have time to meditate and jorde spencer said well he said there is a theory that everybody should meditate for 10 minutes unless you're really busy then you should meditate for 1 hour Okay, so what's the, the logic more, behind that? So the more busier you are, likely more stressed you are, the more you need meditation. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. Now, meditating for an hour, I you know, I, I meditate twice a day, haven't missed a day since since I started to get ill. It's it's now a, a positive habit, as I like to call it. And and if if I go mid-morning and I've not had my morning meditation, my body craves it now. You know, mm. it craves that and I don't do the same thing, you know, I do sometimes a grounding gratitude is very very important as well gratitude is one thing that I I I think if I could give three tips it would be to be grateful like true gratitude have a gratitude journal, be mindful so of how you're speaking to yourself you know, how you're speaking to other people because that normally portrays how you are as a person Mm -hmm. you know, if you're if you're kind of person who's digging people out all the time, that's reflective of you. You know, the universe is reflection. So yep. it normally tells that it's not an issue with them, it's it's possibly an issue with you. So it's time to look in. And and I think and I think to be present, be present as much as you can. You know, try try to avoid the escapism, you know. Some people's lives, you know, they want to escape from, but but don't go to something because you're trying to escape from something. Mm. Get yourself right. And then when you go to this thing, you know, be there, the best version of you. Because that's all that's basically is, is being the best version of us. Right. That's 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 right. That's right. Yeah. And it's,
0: it's funny you say that as well, because I mean, before I started working on myself, and I, I did it kind of subconsciously as well. I didn't realise I was working on myself until I started notice, noticing changes. And I was like, oh, wow. But, I mean, yeah, like escapism was a big one for me. You know, I'm an alcoholic of 20-odd of years. I've been sober. Oh, I've lost track now, but I think it's almost a year. And Amazing. Don't lose track, may, bro. May, maybe a little longer. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. I, I, I didn't.
1: Don't Did lose track of time. that because that's your, yeah, you need to keep track though because that's your, that's your badge. That's, that's something to celebrate. Yeah. yeah? So, yeah. So, so I, I, I found
0: that, that alcohol was, was the big one that I would escape. And, and what I found is like you was, you do escape your life for a little while, but then you wake up in the morning, especially as an alcoholic, wake up in the morning, you've got a hangover, you feel like crap, you haven't slept well. And so you're starting your day off really crappy as well, and so then you you it's really easy to repeat that cycle. But the other thing that I'm that I'm trying to say is though is that that your problems catch up to you still, and they mm-hmm. just compound off off on the side there while you're not thinking about it. It just keeps growing and growing, and so by the time you do come to dealing with that it's a bigger problem than what it was when it first started and you you were just trying to escape it so mm-hmm. i'm glad you brought that up that escapism is is one thing that you know pre- prevents us from being present being in the moment and being our
1: best selves to deal with that yeah because because what the thing is I, I i think one of the most important lessons is that is the past thing because because what people don't like their reality, that's why they escape. But but their, their reality isn't their reality though. It's the past. Mm. They've created this reality out of their past. Now, if their past is a negative past, they're they're. this is why they're feeling crap now, because they haven't dealt with the past. They've suppressed it, you know, especially as, as fellas, we suppress a lot of things. And, and it's... And, you know, whether it's getting a coach, whether it's, it's hard to do on your own. And this is why being a coach is very, very important, you know, because all, all I do as a coach is I, I listen to what you're, what my client's saying, but I don't have the answers. You've got the answers. That's the thing. The client has the answers. I've just got, I call, I call it like there's loads of doors, right? Stopping you from getting where you want to get to. I've got a massive bunch of keys. And between this, we figure out which key goes to which door, mm-hmm. right? So, so like, you have so many things going around. When, when, when you're stressed, you've got your money problems going around in your head. You've got relationship problems. You've got, you know, problems with the kids. Maybe your relationship with the kids because everything else is just blurred. You've got yeah. work. You've got all these different things, right? And each one of those has a subsection, and each one of those has a subsection. And before you know it, you've got 100 things going around in your head yeah so what i like to do is i like to declutter first remove all the weeds because write things down right journaling things are very important it doesn't work for everybody but write stuff down because all of a sudden your mind is not right it doesn't have to remind you of something that you can physically see yeah your mind to go oh i've got 10 things to tell you but nine of them are written down right the only one you haven't written down is this right it will it it's it's a computer it's a computer of all these memories right and if you've got negative memories in there then it's going to keep and and also your mind is designed to keep you alive mm. right neanderthal neanderthal man you know would have gone and tried pet, petting a saber-toothed tiger if his mind didn't say oh i wouldn't do that if i was you do you know what i mean it, yeah, it's like, right. they'd have been mauled to death wouldn't they so you know, it's primitive, right? So it's there to keep us alive. but unfortunately, because we've been fed many, many things over the years, these the computers has been put with limiting beliefs, which most most limiting beliefs, in fact, all limiting beliefs don't belong to us, they've been given us, given mm-hmm. to us. you know we We normally compile these limiting beliefs. By putting a story behind it, that's probably not true. You know that like your mind's kind of added to over the years. Yep. You know you'll you'll remember a story, and then and actually when you when you say it out loud, you go, "Did that happen like that?" Or was, I can't quite remember. But you but your mind just makes your mind just adds to it. So if that's someone's life and that's negative, then your mind's just going to keep adding these negative things. And oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. You know. Oh, that's out of your comfort zone well hang on a minute if you're not happy how comfortable is your comfort zone if you're not happy absolutely
0: absolutely and that's (laughs) that's one thing i found as well with myself is that even at at the beginning of the pandemic i was really struggling with depression self-worth issues self-esteem issues like i felt like the biggest piece of shit that god put breath into right and What I found was that my depression, as much as I thought it was clinical, I was taking medication and and all that sort of thing. It was more environmental. And it wasn't so much the things around me because I had a beautiful partner, a beautiful son, a house, like a roof over my head. I had food in my bed. I had everything that I could possibly need, but I was still depressed. And 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 the, the depressing environment was up here. It was running that loop of all that negative shit that I've been through. And like you say, is that it, it feels like although it, it, it feels like although you're reliving that trauma, it feels like you're living that trauma for the first time, but you're doing it over and over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And so what I found was that. I had to change something in that negative system. Just one thing. Now for me, that was, that was finally, you know, letting go of my old man and having to cut ties there because it was just not a good relationship for me. I put a lot of my self-worth into what I thought, like what he thought and, you know, what, Uh, because I wasn't meeting his expectations, I must be a shit person, all this sort of stuff. And by cutting just that one tie, it made me realise that, hey, hang on, like, I've still got this and I've got this and, like, life ain't so bad. Now, I'm not saying that just cutting that one tie just overnight fixed everything. I've had a lot of work to do and I've still got a lot of work ahead of me as well. But that was that first thing that sort of made things a little more bearable, if that makes sense. And I I was like, wow, things aren't so so bad. So how can I start improving other aspects in my life? And and I think it's because I freed up that section that was just constantly looping over and keeping me in in the past in that negative mindset. That loop was no longer there. So I'd sort of like in a way freed up the the random access memory and new programs were able to run effectively. And Mm -hmm. I'm now in a a great position in my life where, you know, I've got a beautiful wife, a a beautiful son. I'm sober. I've got a good job, you know, and I've got people around me that love me and I Mm -hmm. couldn't see that. I couldn't see that beforehand. All I could you, see was that negative shit.
1: Yeah, and have you learned to love yourself a bit more? Because this is the issue, right? With men, it it's it's hard to admit about loving yourself because because we've been told that that's vain and that's bad and and you know it's selfish. Well, mm. it's not actually. You know, it's not selfish.
0: Yeah, now that is one thing I'm still working on. I love myself yeah. more than I did. But uh, yes, I am still still working on that. Like I look in the mirror sometimes and go, "God, I hate the way I look." I can't change it. This is my face. This mm. is my body, right? But I look at myself and go, "Ugh, okay, pal." But that's okay. I'll I'll overcome that at some point, you know. I yeah, you I don't
1: need to go on Love Island, mates. So you're all right. you're, you're fine.
0: No, that's it. That's it. I don't.
1: <laughs> but what I mean.
0: I'm, I'm not heading to Ibiza or anything, so I guess it doesn't matter. But yeah, like you say, like once once you can free up that that mindset, that that little bit of space there, then you can start working on yourself. You, in turn, you start loving yourself more.
1: Yeah, I, so it's it's one thing that I I strongly strongly believe in, and that's there is no, there is nothing on this planet. There's nothing external of you that will make you truly happy or truly sad mm. no, nothing it's only your perception of that thing that allows you to be truly happy or truly sad so what i say is just everyone loves a selfie these days right just flip the camera around right you might not like what you see initially but you've got to flip the camera and you've got to start looking internally and what you'll find is love you'll find true love in there you'll find success You'll find unlimited, like everything, right? Unlimited abundance. You'll you'll find everything that you truly desire inside. The problem is it's entangled with loads and loads of shit, Mm. right? Loads of shit. So it's about one at a time chopping down those weeds. Like you say, it's a and what I find is once you start doing it, right? It does gather momentum because you're free. Like you say, you're freeing up the positive things. Mm. positivity attracts positivity right whether you believe in the law of attraction or not it's physics right so if you if you start doing positive things and we're still looking in here right the camera's still at us right and you start looking at actually what you truly have and this is why the gratitude journal and this is why it's helped you know massively helped you the gratitude journal is so important because it allows you to, to to think less materialistic and more actually about the things that will truly make you happy, right? Mm-hmm. But your perception has to be right. You know, there are many people out there who are with the perfect per- they're with the perfect partner, but they're not ready for that perfect person because they're not they're not right inside. They're not right inside. So so they end up sabotaging it. Mm-hmm. They end up doing something because self-sabotage is what they know. That self-sabotage is what they do because they haven't done that. They haven't flipped that camera. And I'll tell you what, once I've been flipping that camera for 18 months and it's not, a, there's like, it doesn't end. It just gets different and changes and then you, have, you identify further challenges. But what does happen is when you turn the camera back around, it's like somebody turns on 4K in your head. Mm. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, your perception of things are different. Like I see, I see beauty in, in in nature. I see, I see it, you know, I see different textures. I just see, and it's not like all, oh my God, like I'm on acid. Do you know what I mean? It's not like that. It's just my perception is different. And I look at things differently now. I, I look at, I look at things that someone's got an opinion of me, Well, that's, that's their, that's their opinion of me. I've got my opinion of me. Hmm. My opinion of me is more important than their opinion of me. Yep. You know, you could have, I, I use the analogy, you could have two guys, right? Two guys sat in front of you. One person you think doesn't like you and the other person is your best mate. And they both call you a twat. Right? Both call you a twat. Your best mate, you'll go, yeah, but you're you're a bigger twat or, or do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. nothing. But this guy that you think doesn't like you, all of a sudden you're going, like, why does he think I'm a twat? What have I done to him to make me think I'm? A, oh my God! Am I a twat? What's I... It's the same word. That's right. Yeah. It's the same yeah, word. It's, it's, a,
0: it's very interesting. It's just a
1: word. It's it's a word. But but your perception of that word is now got you thinking now. And I don't mean like make you aggressive so you, so you knock him out. It's just that you might start doubting yourself. You might start thinking, well, what have I done? Like, oh my God! Like, why? Have I, why does he think I'm? A, like, what what have I done to him mm. to make me? Nothing, it's just a word, right? It's his, he said a word, and it's how you deal with that word, and that's life. Yep, everything is perception, pain is perception, right? Success is is just everything is perception because once you start, look, like I say, once you start trying, and I'm nowhere near, I'm not sitting on here saying like i'm the finished article or anything but and it's like i say it's a battle and i i i I was a homeless drug addict at 21 and i'm 25 years sober nice congratulations yeah thank you and and uh, you know and and i i look at my life now and and i've got a very very good life and now i'm creating a different one you know i'm creating and i'm i'm doing something that i love you know i help people you know one of my clients sent me sent me a watch in a post right a very 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 nice watch because I saved his marriage because I saved his marriage and and he had three children mm-hmm. but all I did was I did something that he paid me for to do to so I coached him yeah but to him, me saving his marriage and his children was worth more than what like because what what price can you put on these things and and I do feel a bit sometimes i feel like should i be, like, i don't want to charge for these things i want to be able to give everything for free but then it devalues what you're giving you know that's right yeah, and this, yeah. Is, and this is this is the whole thing about having a business so what i've done now is well so i do affiliate marketing now and the reason i've done affiliate marketing is to give the dads that i coach another avenue so for example if some of the dads say oh, i want to earn extra cash and i've heard about affiliate marketing but i wouldn't know where to start well I, I've done the courses that they would have to do to become an affiliate marketer. So then I, I say, well, I would go into this, do this course first, you know, $17. You can do that course first. And then what I would do is download everything they say and then I'd go onto this guy and do this course because I've done it myself. Mm-hmm. So, and and it's, and it's this is why my, my thing on Facebook is be mindful and make money. And I found that actually offering that kind of service to dads as well allows more dads to approach me because. I'm still getting that, especially in the UK. I'm still getting that. Well, oh, I've got loads of problems, but I don't want to approach you. Yeah. But when you say I can help you make a bit of additional cash, yeah, it might not work, you know, it might not be for you and you've got to put the work in, but you could potentially have another a new career from it. You know, it's it's just another way of these guys reaching out to me and saying, Actually, yeah, you know, I, I do need a bit of extra cash, especially now, well, uh, our our bills are going to go, you know, to £4,000 4, a year for fuel and for, you know, electric and, and stuff. So, so again, it, I'm, I'm evolving as a person. Mm. It, it was amazing, actually, what you said earlier, because one of, my, one of my clients, it was such an amazing journey. And we actually, it was weird, right, because we both, cry, like, at the end of it, like, he totally changed his life around amazingly but but i i felt like i did as well i felt like every single session it was like i was looking in a mirror i i was i was helping him remove limiting beliefs and then i was thinking i've got those limiting beliefs this is what it was almost like he was sent to me to to like to reflect it was like i was coaching myself in the mirror I have that it, all the
0: time, especially with yeah. these podcasts. Yeah. I talk to yeah. some people and it's like, man, get out of my
1: head. Yeah. Yeah. But it's about I think it's important that we as as people who want to we want to improve people's lives. I say I say I want to change lives, starting with my own. You know, because yeah. the, the 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 more we change, the more people we can help yeah that's right you know because the stronger the stronger we are it's it's again it's a testimonial you know it's i'm a living i'm a living testimony that actually you can be dealt a crap hand Mm -hmm. you know i didn't have an an education really and now i'm a qualified engineer i'm an entrepreneur like anything's possible if you if you start believing in yourself you can't you can't put your eggs into baskets of believing in other people because people will let you down Oh, absolutely. That's, oh,
0: boy, that's a truth. I learned that one the hard way as well. Yeah, yeah definitely. You,
1: uh, you can let yourself down as well, but actually you can choose not to. No, you know, that's you, right. You're in cont- it's control, isn't it? Like, we want, we, we, really, I think one of the things in life when people say, oh, I want money, or I want this, actually, we, we want control. We want to be able to be in control of what we do and, and how we live our lives. And not everybody wants loads and loads of money and, and pure wealth. They just want a happier life where they're not stressed and they're not, you know, not living a nine to five job. And one of the sad things is, I was chatting to someone the other day, and they said to me that they they're in a job that they hate, but they retire in eight years, so they're just holding on for the retirement. And I
0: said, "It'll be miserable eight... for another eight years."
1: I said, "You've just given up eight years of your life because." I said, "Why?" I said, "Please, why?" And uh, and then two weeks of doing affiliate marketing, they made made about a thousand, a thousand dollars, and just went, "Oh, actually, I oh, you? Yeah, no, I know." But it, but it's it's sometimes when you're stuck in that thing, you just like, it's just, oh, it's easier, it's easier just to settle for what I'm doing and just, mm. just. But isn't that isn't that a bit sad? Isn't that like, isn't that a bit kind of? Because honestly, like it's like the light had gone on, gone out behind his eyes, you know. Mm. Like I said, but what, what do you love to do? Oh, I used to, I used to go fishing all the time. I, you know, I love taking mountain bike out, and you know, he's gone through a lot of stuff. And I was like, but why don't you do that stuff now? Oh, I'm just too tired when I get home. I was like, well, are you tired or are you just lack of energy because you're not doing these things? So I said, you know, get on your bike, or you know, going to the gym will give you energy. Yeah. When you wake up in the morning, you got oh, can't be bothered. I used to do gym at six at six a.m. every single morning, and it was like, like circuit circuit training it used to kill me, absolutely kill me. But I was done then, and I realized that six a.m. was I had to do it at six a.m. because otherwise I'd have excuses. Yeah. So at night I'd go, oh, not tonight. I'm feeling a bit, you know, tired, or not tonight. I'm hungry, or you know, there's. You want to try and eliminate those excuses, don't you, and those barriers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: see, look, I mean, all the power to you, Steve, because, I mean, I'm not a morning person by any stretch of the imagination. My old man always told me that he should have become a surgeon because he needed a scalpel to get the bed off my back. But, you know, like, I'm I'm very much the same that, I, I mean, I'll train in the evenings, and, and it's a case of if I come in, get changed out of my work clothes, and I put on something comfortable, my mind just straight away, relaxing mode, put your feet up, big boy, let's watch some TV, you know. But if I Mm. come in straight away, get in the shower, chuck on my gym clothes, my mind's like, okay, going to the gym, going to the gym, and I can still do a handful of other things, but my mind's still going, come on, hurry up, get your stuff done. We've got to get to the gym, you know? And, and so yeah. that's one thing I've found is it's it's those little things that sort of tell your brain that, hey, look, okay, I'd, your brain will tell you, I don't want to go to the gym. And you, yeah. as a person, you interpret that of, oh, I don't want to go to the gym. I'm tired. But it's just our mind saying that we're tired. It's one of those limiting beliefs, right? Yeah. And so when you make an action working towards that direction, you're going to get there, you know. So, again, like, it's a case of come home, get out my work clothes, shower, once the gym clothes are on, I'm in gym mode, off I go. Then after I get home, I can relax and do what I need to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And and, and I think I think limiting beliefs are... Are what's holding most of us back, mm-hmm. Espe- especially when it's rent money, Espe- especially money. Absolutely. Because if you've ever if you've ever been told money doesn't grow on trees, money's the root of all evil. My mum used to say, "Who do you think I am, Rothschild?" I didn't even know who Rothschild was, you know, but but <laughs> I didn't even know at the time. Are we going? Are you not? Do you know. But if you've heard any of these things, right? It's all of a sudden it puts in your mind that. And only people without money say these things, right? So, and they say, oh, is it money goes to money? goes to money?" Yes. And there's a reason behind that is because they have the mindset of somebody who can manage money, invest money, like not necessarily earn money, but they create, they, they know how to create money. So they yes. create products, they create businesses, they invest, they, you know, they know how to work the, you know, most of them. Are actually in debt because they borrow money. Because you don't pay tax on you don't pay tax on what you borrow. So most of these billionaires have got like hundred million pound of debt because they spend that. That's what they spend because they, they they and they act like they have money because they have money. They don't hack it hats in the lack. They don't ever say, "Oh, I need this. I want this. I want this." So I think it's really important to to kind of change how you change your relationship with money because money is definitely one of the things where that causes, especially as dad's, when you've got loads of other, loads of other things that you're doing and, and then you're thinking, you you know, you're worrying about money. Mm. You know, mm. Yeah. It yeah. Is, it, I think it's one of the biggest, it's probably one of the biggest, it is one of the biggest killers out there, I would say. Yeah. St- stress about money. Well, it's funny you
0: say that, actually, because if you you were saying earlier that, you know, people just want control of their lives, right? And a lot of people will say, Mm. oh, if I had a million dollars, I could do whatever I want. And it's isn't it funny? It's it's not a case about I want a million dollars because that's not what they said. I want a million dollars. It's Mm. a case of if I had that million dollars, I can do what I want. That's lack, isn't it? Yeah, in a way, money gives us control over our lives. But the the downside to that is that money, unless you have that mindset of creating money, of investing and, and marketing and all that sort of stuff, it's limited control, isn't it? Because that money yeah. runs out and then you're right back at square one where you started.
1: Yeah, yeah. Did you know, though, it, this is funny i don't know i don't know about the australian dollar but on the us dollar and i think even on on the notes in the uk it says i owe in lieu of so money is actually an iou yeah. so if you've got an australian if you've got an australian dollar have a look yeah on the us dollar that. it says i owe i owe the bearer or something so it's actually originally it was an iou but we've got so much emphasis on it I st- I've started now to look at it as just another energy. It's just an energy that allows you to do things with. All mm-hmm. right. So my my coach. So every coach has a coach, really, kind of thing. And, and and my coach said to me one day, "Do you want do you want to be a millionaire?" And I said, I "Don't really need million million pounds, really." She said, "Okay. If I gave you a million pounds, what would you do with it?" And I said, "Well, I would." I want to start a foundation for suicide awareness in the UK. I said, I I want to want to own a retreat and I would make sure that, you know, my family, I'm comfortable my family and friends are comfortable, you know? And she went, well, so why don't you want a million pounds then? Because that's good things. I was like, Oh yeah. Why don't I want a million pounds? Like, why don't I want to be like, I want to be successful. Mm. So, so being successful in a career that could mean having a legacy where you're changing people's lives, but to be able to change people's lives how I want to be able to and to give to give back, you have to have that financial you have to have that financial thing behind you so mm. I was limiting myself I was putting limits on without i thought I was doing the right thing by saying this in my head I thought you know it's a million wanting a million pounds is greedy. But actually, no. All it represents is that I'm really, I've been really successful in what I'm doing, and now I have the ability to reach further. Now I have the ability to start a foundation. Now I have, the, now I have the ability to open a retreat. You know, not, like why don't I want these things? Because these things aren't selfish. Mm. I'm not thinking I want I want a, I, I want a million, I want a million pounds because you know I. I then don't have to work, and I'm just going to sit down, drink a piña coladas in Mavilla and Ibiza. You know, it, it, I'd like that, right? and that will be on my agenda. But that's 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 a holiday home. That's not you know. The, but my focus is 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 to be able to do good things on a bigger scale. Mm. So why why am I limit limiting myself? It's because I then had to go back. I then had to go back, and why I had limiting beliefs, you know. What, what was I being told and what have I believed and what have I been telling myself? You know, you get told something, yeah? You Your mind adds something to it and then you just ch- you tell yourself that story. Yep, yep. And actually it becomes a bit like Chinese whispers, but it in does. your own head. It does, yeah. You know, and then by the right. end of it, oh yeah, I don't need a million quid. Well, it's not about the million quid, right? The million, It's not about that. It's about what does it represent? How mm. does it make you feel? What can you do with that? If you're a bad person... Right, then you're probably going to do bad things with money if you have money. But if you're a good person, the chances are you're going to do good things with money. So I ask the listeners there: if you if you've got this thing where you don't want you want money, but you don't want to be a millionaire or you don't want to have lots of money, just ask yourself: what would you do with that money? What would you do if money was limitless? How many people would you help? like how like what legacy would you get would you mm. leave if it's a beautiful legacy and you will help people and start wanting to be that person start wanting that start telling yourself that in fact not wanting it having it i've got it i've got i feel you've got to feel these things and say i actually this is this is it this is i am going to help all these people because i'm going to be successful Yep. you know and sometimes there's a risk element of it, you know, of taking that leap of, of, you know, of leaving that nine to five job. And I'm not, you know, I'm not recommending that people just leave jobs and stuff, but, but look, at, look, at, look at the bigger picture. Look at where you want to get to. You know, do you want to live the rest of your life on this earth being stressed out, being skinned? No, because there's that. more, this like, no, we've not, we, we are, like the chances of us being on this earth this time well it's trillions and trillions and trillions to one isn't it so it's like start look start looking at how precious this life is you know like it's important that we you know we've got to it's got to start inside but once you honestly i i can't recommend it enough and what you're doing is amazing mate you know you're on an amazing journey but one, what I would say, and I'm not coach, I'm not coaching on on the <laughs> on the podcast, but things like knowing how sober you are, whether whether you look at that as as a negative and you don't really want to re- relate back to that date, but having a having something to celebrate celebrate the small wins mm. because each small win gathers momentum and will create one big massive win and it's it's important because every slight positive action will just keep building another positive action and then another positive one it just snowballs and, and you'll gather momentum it snowballs massively and before you know it you'll look back and go wow you know wow but one of the things that you touched on earlier that I wanted to I wanted to mention it's okay doing this work but it, you have to be consistent mm. And keeping consistent, the only way, in in my opinion, that you can be consistent is having those positive habits. Having that routine in the morning or at night or when you're at work or whatever, where you do have that mindfulness 10 minutes, where you do the gratitude journal, where you appreciate what you have, where you, where you spend five minutes, even if have your coffee in the morning before you go to work, stand outside and do it. Stand outside with your shoes off. You know, pr- you know, feel the the weather, hear the birds, wh- wh- whatever it is. Try and be as present as you possibly can, because once you start and and you get consistent, and all these things are a practice, right? Meditation, yoga, everything—they call it a practice because you can, like there is no right or wrong. Mm. Yep, it's it's how your body it's how your body reacts to it and, and what it does for you. So meditation isn't oh you're doing it wrong. There is no there is no right and wrong. You know, it's a spiritual thing, it's an internal thing, it's a it's something that will make you stronger. It will make you stronger as a person, it will get rid of all the shit that you're just washed around in your head. You know, and it it's a tough journey. It's not easy, is it, mate?
0: No, it's it's not. It's look, it's it it takes a lot of reflection, it takes a lot of what's the word it takes a lot of guts it really does because you've got to you've got to stop and you've got to be honest with yourself and and it's it's really easy to lie to yourself tell yourself everything's okay when it's not and and that sort of thing Mm. uh but for me you know like the biggest biggest motivation has been my son because it, it comes back to like like you said, but with being a coach, you work on yourself first because then you become your own testimonial, right? I work on myself. I know I'm going to be a better father. I'm I I can give myself my son. Sorry, give my son more of my resources, more of my time. I can be more present with him. You know, yeah. so
1: yeah,
0: it's, it's it is. He's very much my motivation, but it's not easy. It's confronting mm. sometimes. It's there have been nights I have cried like a big girl, you know. And I'm sorry you haven't even said that because I mean it's not about
1: You didn't, you cried you cried like a man.
0: I cried like a man, that's right. I cried like a man and I fucking owned that moment, you know. But it's empowering. It it's absolutely empowering, and there's no feeling better than that, no. in my opinion. No.
1: And and I one of the when I started like writing material, one of the things I wanted to try and get across was that our kids think we're superheroes. Yeah, right. They do. No matter what, no matter how how bad you feel, they 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 look at you as that superhero, right? And it's about I call it helpless hero, right? So it's about actually regaining that superpower and actually believing it yourself and believing like you believing about you what your child thinks about you because when that when that aligns mm. and you he'll go whoa this is like a super superhero now like yep. you were good before now you're just like because let's not let's not mix it right they 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 adore their their daddy right Right, yeah. dad is special. Absolutely. Yeah, mum of course, mum is special as well. But daddy is like, like when my, when my are so he's six now, he's starting to call me Steve, right? <laughs> but right, he's six, he's six, going on twenty six, right? He's yep. quite a bright lad. But I said, I said please don't. I said Harry, I said I, I don't mind you joking, right? That is my name, right? But I love it when you call me daddy because the day you start calling me dad. It it, it it almost feels like I'm starting to lose him as a, as that little boy who, yes. who I'm starting to lose control and I'm starting to lose that kind of, like he needs me. I, they're always going to need you, mm. but it's almost like that independence thing. And I, and I, and I said to him, please, right. I said, because when you're old and you start calling me dad, it means you're going to need me less and less. And he looked at me and he said, he says, I might, I might change, he said, when I get older like a teenager, he said, because teenagers are a little bit weird, he said, "Yeah." he said, he said, but you'll always be my daddy in my heart, and I was just like, oh, oh man, I was like, oh, oh, my no, God. you would have been oh, swallowing boy. golf balls. Oh, I was, mate. I was just like, oh, yeah, and then, uh, and then, right, see you us Steve as I walked upstairs, so. <laughs> nice, there you go. nice one, the son. Well, actually, actually, fuck, He said he farted. I'll leave you with that, Steve, and walked up the stairs. That's his (laughs) new thing. But uh, yeah, so but it's like you say, it's it's being a dad's a hard job, right? But it's the greatest job on the planet.
0: It's rewarding for sure, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like you say, and when you're when you're the you know, if you're a better version of you, I think I I think that relationship will change as well, and it will change with your partner, you know, because hopefully. If there is if there is some animosity there and kids do get do create that as well because then you end up taking sides and it's just this yep. not about you two anymore, it's about that person and then and that can what I what I found is my connection with now they've got to kind of be on board with what you're doing as well to to create this, I think. But once they start seeing that you are it's not being selfish, it's being self full. Right, then. Hopefully, that triggers them to do the same thing because you want you want them you want them to be on the journey with you.
0: That's right. That's right. And like
1: we meditate, we meditate as a family. You know, my my, my lad does yoga. He does meditate. They do yoga at school, but he meditates. He does a gratitude journal, and I think it's really really important because that like, just hopefully, his generation will be the generation that changes this world for the good. You know, mm. and. And, and we can do that by 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 getting our young children to be grateful, to be mindful, to you know to meditate you know the 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 school said when they started doing yoga, the notes for being told off dropped by seventy percent Wow, yeah, seventy percent
0: that's phenomenal
1: yeah because because all of a sudden, like the teachers would just say, rem- remember, like they'd have a word or something, and it would be like a word, and then the, the child would just go like calm, keep breathing, and and it it yeah. And you know, so obviously it's a it's it's relatively small, and relatively new school, but but you know, it's I think it's important to to be a role model, be a role model, so show them that okay, you know, life can be tough, but this is how you deal with it. Yep. This is, how, this is how you deal with it. You don't deal with it through anger. You deal with it through getting yourself right. Yep, Yeah. Being the best version of you. Mate, I don't think anybody could have said that
0: better. Bloody hell. Well, Steve, look, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. It's been fantastic. For the guys out there that are wanting to, that, that have really taken something away from what you've said here and, and would like yeah. to connect with you, how can they find you? How can they connect with you and, and start that ball rolling, mate?
1: All right, so I'm on I'm on all the socials, mate, but it's Steve Smith. There's about four million of us, right? Oh so, yeah, there um... are. <laughs> Especially in the <laughs> well, UK. In the UK, yeah, and I'm not the cricketer, unfortunately. No, but yeah, so coaching by Steve Smith is my, my page. Or you can email me at by Steve Smith Ltd at gmail.com so it's by Steve Smith ltd at gmail.com and uh, i'm doing, like i say i'm I'm hoping to start a membership up but i think the the way i want to take it is because i've got lots of different things that i could put in mm. so i'm going to be starting a membership so it'll be like a small monthly fee and then there'll be loads of uh, self-help videos in there and also high discounted for my courses but i'm creating a lot of material at the moment but if they just want to reach out and just to you know, ask a few questions on, or to, like me to elaborate on some of the techniques and stuff, not a problem. It's not, like I say, it's not all about me making money. If someone wants to reach out and they want, you know, me to jump on it, I'll offer a, a two hour discovery call for free anyway, is part of my thing. Yep. But if they go, oh, I could, I fancy talking to him for a couple of hours. And, you know, if you're going to do that, please come with. Come with a bit of a plan on what you want to achieve. You know what you what what you what you think the issues might be, what you want to achieve by the end of the call, and then that will help me. Then you know some of them. You know in the two hours, it will allow me to pinpoint maybe where where we need to just take it. But if that's all you want to do, it's not a problem. Like you say, it's not it's not about me making money off this. Really, it's it's about me helping as many people as I can. So, and it's just about getting the message out there. You know. Like I say, and and mate, you keep doing what you guys are doing because there's not enough of us, is there? There's not enough of us in this world, and and you know what I would love more than anything is that if one so one of your guys reach out, they do one of my courses or something, and then that they want to become a coach themselves, they want to they want to do what I'm doing, but in their you know in their region or or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'd like to be the inspiration. That actually, you can help people, and it's somebody told me one day. It's it's about selling what you know. Yes, coaching. Coaching is selling. Is selling what you already know. It's not about, and it's not necessarily about what you know. It's about how how to how. So it's selling, right? Me getting out of you what already what you already know. Mm-hmm. Like I say, it's about unlocking those doors because every client has the answer. And and the reason I like not the reason I do it, but the reason I love it, it. And the most most amazing thing is the the second they when the penny drops, when when they realise that actually they're saying the answer, or, or or they've just proven that actually what they were saying isn't true, and all of a sudden they 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 start believing. And I see it in their eyes first, and then you. You see them kind of go, oh my god, oh my god, and it's like they realise it's the most, it is the most amazing thing, because like, because that's the that's the light bulb moment. That's the that's not the oh yeah we've cracked this. That's the oh my god, I I I do have the answer. Like that's one of the answers I've just done one answer. and then it just becomes. We change it then. I like. I like to change the narrative of. Let's have a creative session, right? Forget the coaching for a minute. Let's just do a creative session. What do you want to do with your life? what is there something, you know? And and then we we just brush it out there that we have ideas and we and we like because once the someone asked me today and I'll be really really brief, but when somebody asked me today today actually, what does the end result look like for your clients? And they're trying to they're trying to get you know promote my business and stuff, but. don't really need it but and i said well actually it's it's really hard for me to say that because it's almost like they're starting again Mm. so at the end of my sessions it's almost like a rebirth because all of a sudden they have this newfound confidence they're more in control of their life they've got rid of the stuff that was holding them back so actually the end doesn't look like the end. It it, it isn't a finished thing. It's almost like a start. It's, it's almost an, like it's a saying, new beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like them saying, Right, wow, I've got rid of all that weight. Right. Now now it's now what do you want to do? Now, let, let's start now. And they're going, Well, but well, I've just worked 12 weeks with you. What are we gonna start on? I said, Well, what do you want to start on? What what do you what thoughts do, what thoughts do you want in your head? What what job do you want? What career? What does your future look like? Because yeah. now all of a sudden they don't have the limits of I can't do this, I can't do that. They're like, Well, I've done that, so now I know now what do we do? And it that's it's amazing because it's and, and sometimes they like they don't even like I say, Well, good luck. I'm here if you need me, you know, because they're in a position where they don't need to coach. Mm. Some 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 guys want, want me one, one time a month just to just that accountability, just so yep. I can just say, "Have you been doing it you know are you still doing this are you still doing that you know some people can like i say it's 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 an amazing thing and' it's, i can 't pinpoint it to one thing, but it's almost like a rebirth because and I can do that right i i could I can get somebody like that in, in three weeks four weeks depending on depending on how much so depending on how entwined it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I how could much get somebody, work I they're could get willing them. to do as well. Yeah. 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 In two hours, three hours, four hours. Because it's about me believing in them. And then all of a sudden, they can see that someone believes in them, right? I've got the tools to give to them. And they've got, they, they've got it inside. They've got the answers inside them. If you work hard, in those three, like three, four sessions, I can get you on the path of right then. Now you can go and, you know, but you have to maintain what what I've been, you know, you have to have these positive habits because yep. that's what's stopping you. And and again, I can talk for England, right? Not for Australia, it's a bigger country, but I am talk for England. But, uh, and you guys like to talk as well. Oh, we love to talk, say, man. Yeah. What I would say, and one, one, one of the powerful things that I use, right? So imagine this is your grounding okay your ambition and life and life in general goes like this yeah this is your foundation right if you don't do any groundwork if you don't do any inner work right your life just does this and your grounding is here yeah. when you fall it's a big drop and it's also a big climb to get back where you get to yeah absolutely so what i what i say have your foundation going with your ambition
0: mm-hmm.
1: have your grounding because then when you do four, it's just a step yep right What well, you don't want you don't want that really you don't want that because then you become uh complacent not really ambitious but you're you're spiritual and everything but then you'll you'll possibly one day you'll wake up and go oh i could have done more with my life and everything so it could work counter counterproductive yep so just have it just behind as a support network Have that, you know, and I'm talking meditation, breathwork, mindfulness, gratitude, these things, because that will keep you consistent and it will stop you from falling back down. So, Mate, couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) Well, look, Steve,
0: thank you so much for your time today and thank you for all this great information. And I mean, there are a good couple of tools in there that you've thrown in there as well. So look, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your your knowledge and your expertise mate mostly i i appreciate you thank you so much for reaching i out.
1: appreciate you mate thank you for having me no it's been amazing thanks for listening to the
0: show if you want to find out more about today's guest just check out the links in the show notes you can follow the podcast as well on social media at not so secret dad's business or on our website not so If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please rate and review the show. It helps more than you realize. Until next time, guys, be the best dad you can be.